0: Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com, and you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Flashback Friday. And we're flashing back to 2018 to the San Francisco Jewish Film Festival, where I interviewed the director of a film called Satan and Adam. His name is Scott Balcerak. And I'm also talking to one of the subjects of said film, uh, Adam Gesso. And uh, we're picking this one out of the archive because, unfortunately, Mr. Satan, who's uh, also featured in the doc, whose name is Sterling McGee, passed away this week from COVID. Um, And I learned that news from one of my favorite Uh, online and also in real life radio stations dub oz out of new orleans so uh, you can find this film it's streaming on netflix it's great if you need to not think about the world and what's going on now and want to just submerge yourself into a wonderful documentary um, about uh, the blues and uh, blues music this is a great one to watch so enjoy the interview and catch satan and adam on netflix Welcome Scott Bolsarek and Adam Gusso of the film Satan and Adam. We are at the Jewish Film Festival in San Francisco. It's their 38th annual. And uh, I want to start this off because we don't have a lot of time with this is a 30 year documentary. Basically, Scott, Um, how did this come about?
1: Um, I saw these guys. Well, actually, it's twenty, twenty-three, 20, oh. twenty-five. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, these. Uh, Adam's more in the thirty-year with 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 Sterling, Satan. Okay. Um, I guess but I I'm s-
0: referencing all of the footage that starts in the '80s. Oh,
1: yes, you're right. Okay. It, it uh, yes, all Mike, the footage wait, is does my math does wrong? reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I came in um around '94. Okay. '95. Okay. Conceived of the project in '91 when I saw them, in at the decade in at this bar in. Uh, I didn't yeah, this bar in um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a friend dragged me out and said, oh, these guys were in this U2 thing. They're really cool. <laughs> and uh, what I remember is uh, seeing two people from seemingly two completely different worlds sound like five people. Yeah. And that was the, the thing that got me the, yeah. the, from the start. And I'm, I'm a musician, and so I, oh. I, I understood how hard it is to create uh, overtones and sounds like they did and... Uh, um Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing.
0: And so how was this for you, Adam? I mean, who had the footage, first of all? Was this all your footage? And then...
2: Well, no. Oh, no. I mean, when he started... When he came along in, in 94, 95 and began filming us, there had been, um, we had been playing on the streets of Harlem from 86 to about 90, right. 90, sort of 91 week first album came out. So for that three or four year period, there had been the occasional person who came by and did a little mini documentary. There was a WNYU documentary. Um, we had a, a couple of little TV, you know, 30 second kind of thing. Ramey Blumenfeld for D- D- Channel 5 in New York. This is Harlem, and in Harlem, this is Satan, and then you know, and there we are playing. <laughs> yeah. So we'd had a little bit of stuff, and of course, the U2 thing, which happened. Um, the filming of that section of Rattle and Hum happened in the summer of '87, which was actually my first summer with him, and the film came out then a year a year <laughs> That's later. That's bonkers, um, by the way. Bo- what's bonkers. <laughs>
0: that I mean, U2 you just came out in, in '87. I never met
2: them, but they did yeah. walk by, and 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 that th- th- that story is told in the film. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. anyone that hasn't seen it yet
0: (laughs) yeah so people have been filming you guys they've been
2: filming they've been taking photos here and there um and 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 more of that had happened i mean in fact the the photo that's used in current publicity was one that was taken right after we'd gotten off stage at the at the uh, philadelphia river blues festival back in 91 or 92 which is one of our first big kind of here they are. First time we had an album behind us, right? right? Which is to say DJs had been pumping people for a week. Right. Saying these guys are the find of the festival. I remember Johnny Meister said that. So so that photo kind of came about. So so, so when Scott went to try to recreate, and he can talk about this better than I can. Mm-hmm. First of all, he milked me. He said, what do you got? And I you know, had <laughs> yeah, videos. Yeah, where, where is I said, it? I'm, I'm, I said, I'm not going to give you the video of me doing my little hip hop dance during the six months <laughs> when I thought I was, <laughs> and mixing African and hip hop. No, it's uh, not. The <laughs>
0: yeah, we didn't. I didn't see that part. I yeah. took
2: yes, I was taking. I, I took a few, few lessons at one point, and okay. that you know you pass through phases. <laughs> <Do I laughs> not in the movie. Don't be shy. Don't no. be shy. Is that the it.
0: second part of this documentary?
2: Oh War god! Two? Oh god! No. <laughs> DVD extras.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Extra.
2: Maybe. Um, maybe. Adam dancing.
0: The the themes in this film, you know, race relations, redemption, the blues, mm-hmm. um, busking. There's a part in the film early on where um, Adam, there's, um, you know, there's a lot... Going on in New York and Harlem in terms of race relations, and mm-hmm. do the right thing came out, and you're the white guy in Harlem playing mm-hmm. with this legendary musician who's mm-hmm. African American, and you sort of got heckled on the street. People came up to you and like, "What are you doing here?" You're, you're
2: two guys. It was two, one guys. Or two guys. Okay, yeah. and and heckled. I I got threatened. Um, what's important? I wasn't be,
0: sure how to phrase that. Yeah, so no, it was I an was implied threat. Okay,
2: and, and and there and things got loud, and then the guy kind of retreated. I I tell the story actually in mm-hmm. uh, in a memoir that I wrote called Mr. Satan's the key thing for people to understand, is yes, that did happen, mm-hmm. which is to say that as street musicians, we were the weather, the sort of socio-historical weather around us was one of the things we had to take into mm-hmm. account. It was there. And so you had Bensonhurst and black men getting killed, being chased by a, Italian guys out of the neighborhood, right? The pizzeria. They had Yusef Hawkins happened. There were these, Mayor uh, Koch called them racial murders. He goes, something like that should be happening in Mississippi. Right. Um, and this, where you was, live but this now. was where I live now, <laughs> yeah. and, and it doesn't happen there, there the way it was happening then. It was a very rough time, um, but that was the only time that I got hassled. So uh, the reason I say this is because many of my friends from the downtown scene, or, or, or friends of my parents, your son's a street musician in Harlem. What, right. It must be dangerous, right? And, it, and, and it, that's not how it manifested to me. Um, although there was a there's a guy who's in the film Peter Noel, who I had sort of become a friend of mine later on, and Peter Noel says he, he's Caribbean. I'm not going to do his accent, but he said, "Adam, you have to understand, the new Black Panthers were talking about you." I said, "What?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "I thought they might take you out." <laughs> 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 I said, "I'm glad I didn't know." Wow. So So because and and it, it so I'm making more noise in public in the heart of Harlem than probably any other white person around. I didn't think of it that way until this episode happened. Right. And then I thought, why should I be so foolish as to think, just because I'm here with Mr. Satan, the most powerful man I know, who has a, he has power in this community, but I saw him temporarily disempowered Mm -hmm. by this young, well-dressed guy with what I call the sort of Malcolm X glasses who Mm -hmm. came and said, why is this white boy playing in our neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Later people said, well, he was from Brooklyn. He's not even from Harlem, but that guy, (laughs) right? But I thought, why should I assume that I'm exempt from all of this violence? Like, I'm no more, no more or less exempt than anybody else around here. And I right. thought, right. So that's these days we might talk about white skin privilege. We might talk about privilege and what it, how it manifests. It came to me not with that word back then, because people weren't throwing that around. But it came to me as an insight that if, first of all, that I could stay away after this. I said, you've had four great years. Maybe that's it, right, right? You learn what there was to learn, stay out, go home, get out of the neighborhood. Then I thought, I want to play with him, but right. you know why we shouldn't let somebody drive us away and then I thought, so so go back, sure, but if you go back, know you're going back into potentially danger and and that was a very important insight, mm-hmm. so because I had to decide, are you going to play the blues for real? I mean it felt like that kind of moment.
0: well, who am I? Who am I? Yeah,
2: so when I tell the story in, in in my book, I think a lot about death, the death of there People were always dying around there. there wasn't, I never saw a gun pulled or a knife pulled. Uh, but Mr. Satan, when you ask him, oh, that, that, that SOB went and died on me. <laughs> he would just make a, That's the blues. That's yeah. a, he'd make a joke and swat it away. Right. Nobody was going to steal his groove.
0: Right. Anyway. We're, we're getting the rap sign already, but we? we're just getting into it. But I want to ask you guys on the, on the last question, what do you want people to walk away after seeing this film? What do you want them to feel Especially in the kind of climate we are now. In. Yeah,
1: that, that was a big thing that came for me later is that in the climate we're in now, and I think I'm going to give the back the mic uh, back to Adam because he, he lived it more than I did, but um, we've had a resurgence of that sort of violence yeah. in our culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I- this film, I, I, I felt, couldn't come out at a better time.
0: Timing's perfect. Uh, right, because yeah.
1: it, it's not... A, a polemical film it's not people they're, they're, you know it, it's really uh, this relationship story and, and how this works out I mean you could you could preach about how we should all quote unquote get along right. but if you actually see it and that's what I wanted to do in the film I wanted people to actually experience this relationship um, a, as a way to uh, see how uh, this manifests itself Right. so yeah. but uh, I'd like Adam to talk a little bit more on this <laughs> as well because I mean he lived it Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I do. I do think
2: about Rodney King's line, which is, "Can we all get along? Not can't, but can we? All, can we all get along?" And and that was very moving to me when it happened because I, I Sterling was a man who preached peace. And he was a man who would not judge somebody on the basis of color. He just, he was like, I'm going to preach to whoever, like the ideal minister, even though he called himself Mr. Satan, the ideal minister. But what he preached was, because he never, he he cleaned up my language, no cursing around me, no violence around me. We're going to be peaceable and mannerable. And that was his thing. He kind of created a space around him for the, the, he would say, the lowest of the low, my wino buddies, the people who nobody else was representing. Um, and, And... I would like to think that in this time and place, it would encourage people, first of all, to get away from their little handheld screen and get out and actually live (laughs) and risk and then follow through and find friendships and partnerships wherever they might be. And don't let fear determine where you walk and with whom you and I sound like him, don't I? That's so. That's weird. okay. I say, it's like he's not here, so you're speaking for him. Biblical phrases yeah. that he is a man of the Bible. That yeah. Mr. Satan was. Yes, he was. He was preacherly. He's preacherly. I, he, he, his voice is very deep, deep in me, and I can conjure it up. And, and he, he was a, a great. He's still alive. He's 82. Yeah, yeah
0: he's, he's still with us. He's still with yeah.
2: us very much, and will be because of Scott's film. Right. For
1: a long well, time.
0: I, I want to thank you, Scott, and I want to thank you, Adam, for this film. And uh, I'm glad you're here in SF for the film festival. Hometown. Thanks for being on Bitch Talk.
1: Thanks, thank you.
0: That was Adam Gusso and Scott Balsrek of the film Satan and Adam. Which I'm not sure I should ask them about uh, distribution, um, but I'm hoping that people can find this film. It is so well done, and if you love a good. Documentary about music. This is your film because it's actually much more about the human condition, I would say, and um, race relations and humanity and redemption. And it's just so good. It's just so well done. And it's 30 years. Of footage Which I don't know How you do that But you do And and Scott did that And um, I really hope You can find this film And see it Um, One other thing Which I didn't say At the beginning Of this podcast Is guess what Go find us at our Uh bitchtalkpodcast.com website. That's where you can find us on all our socials. And you can find all of our episodes, which we're climbing towards 300. So, uh, you know, no big deal. We've just been in the game for about five years and we have 300 episodes <laughs> for you. So if you are, uh, for if you're new to our podcast, we have so much for you. There's so, so many interviews and just really fun, what we call our basic bitches. But there's also Interviews like I just had with Scott and Adam. So please enjoy and we'll see you soon. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co host is Angela Tabora, aka Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.